He's back. Sports Radio is back. Here's the lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. Presented by Wolf GMC Buick. We're making it easy. WolfGMCBuick.com. Welcome to the lowdown on Sports 1440. I'm very excited today because we get to talk about the best entertainment buy in the world of sports. And his name is Connor McDavid. And you saw him last night. I keep trying to think of a word, impossible, uh, inevitable, incredible. I, I've used the word transcendent a lot, but I would love if you could get me a better word. Something that, that Connor McDavid, that represents him. I, I don't have, you know, supernova. I'm, I don't know. Text me at one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. I'd like to have a, a better word than transcendent. Plus, today... All hail the waiver wire window. It's open, it's important, and I will tell you why. Probably 10 or 11 times today. Sports1440.ca, iHeartRadio, Radio Player Canada. You can text or call 1-833-401-1440. Twitter, at low tide, at Declan Kruger, just like it's spelled. <laughs> it's C-R-U-E or E-U? Uh, K-R-U-E-G-E-R. M-O-U-S-C. Yeah, I said C, didn't I? You did say C. All right. The lowdown is driven by Wolf GMC Buick. New name. Great team. Same old team, but they're a great one. Find them on the corner of 184th Street and Stony Plain Road. WolfGMCBuick.com. Our guest today bagged milk from Oilers Nation. He does everything over there. He does the online. He does the creative. He does the, the different photos that have been shopped a little bit. And Jim Polson, columnist for Badger Extra, Madison.com, and Wisconsin State Journal. Talking Damon Lillard, Green Bay Packers. Notice the resumes of the people who are coming on our show. And what do we have? Hi, I'm Low Tide. I, I have gum. We've got to do better. I had honors with distinction second semester of grade nine, which is pretty you know impressive. <laughs> it was a tough semester right before high school. I had to step it up a little bit. Wow. Yeah, not a big deal. I, my name was on a picture. My name was on a list in the office. That was pretty nice. Yeah, well, more than one, I'm sure. Do you remember <laughs> the first spelling test you ever had? I do. Mrs. Norman, grade one, Thornhill School, Wanak, BC. That was one word. Do you know what the word was? Uh, entrepreneur. Mother. Did you? I hope you got it. Well, I got it, but I, I, I there, there was some talk about whether or not it should be a capital M. Ooh. Yeah. And was so, it? Is it? Well, I don't, I don't remember what Mrs. Norman said. I'm not sure. My biggest memory from grade school is we always did these mad minutes. I don't know if you, you did those as well where well, you run through. a lot of those. You run through a multiplication table, and I was second in my class every time. The only one who beat me was Wilson Tong. Oh, that guy. I know. I, I, was always, I could never beat him. I, I, I smoked everyone else in the class in these mad minutes except Wilson. Why couldn't Wilson. he just be sick once in a while? And he was the nicest guy ever. I hope he's yeah. doing well. I, I loved him, and, but I had so much hate in my heart towards him because he always, he always beat me in these mad minutes. But don't you think it's harder to resent somebody who is really nice, and then that makes you resent them even more because they're nice? Why oh. can't they be an ass? I know. It made me hate myself i was like this guy's nothing but the nicest person in the world and he just happens to be better at math than me why Why? can't i just hate on a guy no it made me hate myself is what it did i'm telling you last time though all right um here we go orders looked rusty and brilliant at the same time last night i can't describe it except that's what it was they didn't look brilliant but they did (laughs) really i should write i i'm just saying that they were really good and then kind of meh in different spurts. Connor McDavid passes NHL players like they're drunken randos stumbling down the sidewalk Saturday at midnight. 
I watched it last night. He didn't even score on the play. He just goes, all right, to hell with this noise. I want to be in another, you know, postal code. And he just takes off and nobody can catch him. Yeah, Halley said it best. He was not playing more than one second than he needed to in that preseason once he got the oh feed from Bouchard there. God. Incredible, incredible hockey player. I like Connor Brown. You never know a guy until you see him in the local uniform and because and, we've seen him a million times. Well, not a million, but 350. And I like his style. He obviously has two-way acumen. That's great for the McDavid line. I like what he brings. And I think, I, you know, Jay Woodcroft said in the post game that, you know, it's, it's a, a situation where at some level he's, he's very rusty. He hasn't played in a long time. And he still got things done and he turned over pucks. I thought he had a, one really good chance. I like Connor Brown. I hope he stays healthy. That looks like it's going to be really good. Uh, Darnell Nurse, we mentioned the other day when he played his first game, he's deferring to Evan Bouchard. He did that again. Uh, he's passing less, and he had a couple of passes that were errant when he did uh, try to exit the neutral zone with a pass, and, and often he's just sending it over to Evan Bouchard. Uh, and I made the comparison with Dan Boyle a thousand years ago with San Jose Sharks, and I think that might be a set piece. You know how they say set piece in, in soccer? I think that might be a set piece for the Edmonton Oilers this year. Watch that where Nurse can pass it out, but he sends it over to Bouchard. And why not? Did you see the Evan Bouchard pass to Connor McDavid for the breakaway and the goal? Oh my God. That was he you could if you I hope you saw the end zone camera like behind the, the net, behind the Vancouver net, because Bouchard's cradling the puck in the neutral zone or in his own zone, but barely. And McDavid, he's he's he shot out of a cannon off the bench. And he had to hit that pass well before McDavid hit the blue line. Bang! And he got it, and he's gone. Once he's got it in full stride, because you got to hit him in full stride, right? Because even, you know, I mean, if you hit me in full stride, I'm still not going anywhere. But McDavid, if he doesn't have to, you know, have a hitch in his giddy-up, he's going to blow by the defender, and that's what he did. What a powerful weapon that pass is. My goodness, I was so impressed. I was also impressed with Stuart Skinner. I'm going to say it again. Calm feet. You know, he has calm feet. And so he's set. He's facing the shooter. He's ready. He's going to move. But he's calm in the net. There's not a lot of Jimmy legs going on. And I think that that is one of the things about Stuart Skinner I appreciate. Look, I know he had some struggles against Vegas. But they all had struggles against Vegas. I think Stuart Skinner is going to be a long-term number one starter in the National Hockey League. And I think that Bob Green and the scouts, the Edmonton Oilers who got that done, they had to trade up to get him are going to look like diamonds. I don't know if people want to look like diamonds, but they're going to look like brilliant scouts in 10 years from right now. I'm tiring of the Blue Jays, not as a team, but this this ponderous behavior as they're trying to close it out and get into the playoffs. Seattle's drifting now, so I don't think it matters. But could they not just win a game once in a while? What do you think? What's wrong with the Jays? Do you have an answer for me? I mean... Listen, what's wrong with the Jays? Well, I, listen, I just... I'll give you time. No, no, no. I, I got it. I got it. I'm trying to like. I'm trying to blame this on Manoa, really, and I'm trying to blame this on his attitude towards, <laughs> towards the club, how he got sent down, quit on the team. I like to think Vladdy, that was his guy in the locker room. That was his guy in the dugout. Once he got sent down, Vladdy just wasn't the same. But yeah, I mean, listen, they're going in cold. It's not looking great, but a favorable matchup can, can save all. I'll say that. I don't know. Like, I I want to believe in the Jays. I feel as though this team 
has a little seam here. The the Yankees suck. The the Bo Sox are worse. What's worse than suck? Blow? I don't know. Sucky. Okay. And then, you know, th- that division, they, you know, I mean, I know Tampa, I know Baltimore, I know what's happened this year, but it feels like the changing of the guard, except the Jays didn't get the, they didn't get the email. They didn't get the memo. It's time to go. Everybody else did, but they didn't. Jays in Boston, or Yankees in Boston are really struggling. I mean, I, I, I keep looking for Ralph Houck in the Yankees, you know, I mean, I don't know what to do with the Yankees. They're supposed to be good. The Jays almost feel a little stuck in quicksand with no urgency to get out in the way they play. A little bit. Oh, so we we did this yesterday. We're going to talk today to Jim Polson, columnist for Badger Extra, Madison.com, and Wisconsin State Journal. Can he hold a job? He's got three things. Where is his desk? He's the low tide of Wisconsin. It's going to be like in a helicopter, writing at a desk that's inside a helicopter hovering over the city of Madison, apparently. Is that the, is that the capital? Madison is the capital of Wisconsin, okay. yeah. All right. Not the biggest city, but it is the capital. The biggest city would be Milwaukee? It is, yes. All right. And Green Bay's small, tiny, little, puny thing. The, it's Red Deer, essentially. Wow. Nice the, comp. The, yeah, the Red Deer of Wisconsin with a, with a really <laughs> big football team. And a lot of cheese heads. <laughs> the most per capita in the whole world. I have to say, I respect Green Bay fans very much because they love their team. Win or draw, they love their team. But they've done a lot of winning. They, so have. they, have, they have a lot to cheer for. Packers-Lions, when was the last time these two teams met and had a winning record, each of them? It's got to be the 50s. No, wasn't it Wasn't it la- the oh, last week of the we regular season last year? and figures. When... Um, the the Lions won the game, but still missed the playoffs because of other games going on. But they did it to finish the season season nine and eight. So I guess they were five hundred at the time. But. You know, I know I'm off caffeine now, but I'm going to have a little rant. The when, f- it might have been the fifties. I'll go with that. when I'm lying. Just follow me through the hole. You know, I the the the, the <laughs> offensive linemen have gotten everybody out of the way. I'm going through with the big lie. Just say that's right, Low Tide. Okay, that's right, Low Tide. Sorry, I did it wrong. It's too late. I didn't know. I'm still learning <laughs> on the fly. I think it was the 50s. Actually, Al, it was uh, last year. Look, I got a crack um, research staff. They're just not working very hard right now. And then we're going to talk about Damon Lillard as well uh, to Milwaukee. Does that make them the favorite to come out of the East, sir? Yes. Yes. It says you. So. Do you think our guest will say yes? I think so. I think so. And I don't know if... It... I wouldn't say odds-on favorite, even though some might... Because I, I talked about this yesterday, I'll be very brief, but each time you have two guys who like to dominate the ball, there's only one ball on the court. It, it's tough to get into a flow offensively. Teams like A team like Boston, I should say, they have a little bit more rhythm and chemistry. I do think they're the favorite, but I don't think it's a shoe-in, and I don't think it's odds-on. No. I, I, I can't wait for the 76ers to implode somehow. They've had... Remember when Simmons couldn't hit anything and then they couldn't trade him? And now they got... Where is Harden? Is he just on a garbage barge headed to New York? What's going on with him? I mean, he's still there technically, but I could, I could not imagine he'll he'll be there start of the season. He this doesn't company. want to be there. He's made it, He's been well, very vocal uh, he about it. He got lied to. Yeah. There was I mean, I'm little... not a James Harden fan, but you got to tell the truth. No, I agree. There was a little tongue-in-cheek. Hey, hey, stick around. We'll give you that big extension. It doesn't Lying look like it's going to come. sacks of, of um, you know... Daryl Morey, yeah. Daryl Morey's the GM there, and Harden's not happy with him. 
This comes from the text line. one 1440 Low Tide, spell mother. Low Tide, M-U-T-H-U-R from Tomato Soup. No, I, 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 I loved... I loved Mrs. Norman. I, I loved her so much. I just, I wanted to please her so badly. And I knew how to spell mother. I had practiced that. She told us what it was going to be. And I could, I spelled mother. But I, I think I spelled it with a, a lower M. And then later that year, I was walking down the hallway. This is in grade one. And I, I, I loved Mrs. Norman. She was so kind to me. And I, I just thought the world of her. And one of the grade four kids said, there goes iron pants. And I looked and it was Mrs. Norman. And I cried. I was so upset that somebody would be that mean to Mrs. Norman. How could you do that to such a, a nice lady who gave us the word she was going to have in the test? I found out later that teachers don't do that. And my marks began to lag. The Jays are going to drive me insane with their play. It's it, they're, You know, here's what's maddening about it. It's almost better to lose 15 nothing to be 0-0 and then lose late. Especially in a game where they're going to make it. But, you know, we've been saying that for like four or five days. So it would be nice, although Seattle is, is starting to fade, so I guess it'll be okay. Go Astros from Norman at Combine. You, sent that, you said that Bouchard passed exactly the time so I sent my last text talking about how Bouchard looked rough, LOL. Well, I mean, he, had, he, he, he got his money's worth on the cross-check. He made a pass that won the game. I'm going to go ahead and say he had a good game. The, one of the things we have to keep in mind, and I think that we don't because we're so obsessed and the math people have taken over the world, but mistakes happen. Remember what I'm saying, please. Single events in a game can have major impact while also being single events in a game. And by that I mean... All you're working on is the averages. If a guy plays 200 minutes in the National Hockey League and he has a 53% shot share and his Corsi and all of the good numbers and his expected goal share are over 50%, then he's a good player. Even if he plays third pair or if he plays first pair, he's a brilliant player. Because what you're trying to do is, is, in the law of averages, get a better chance to win a game. And we know luck... It happens. We saw it against Vegas. You know, Brassois stays in, the Oilers win, and they probably win Stanley. Aiden Hill is the hero. What the hell? If that's not luck, then I don't know what luck is. So I'm just saying to you, Evan Bouchard's a good player. If you saw some wobble last night on one play or two plays, big whoop. He's a really good player, and he had a major impact on last night's game, and I would say he was certainly one of the stars. Okay, we've got a great show for you today. Uh, we have our friend Bagged Milk. We've got some rumors you won't believe about the National Hockey League. There's a goalie going on waivers. Uh, do we have the waiver wire yet? I'll check that too for you. Jim Polson, col- columnist for Badger Extra, Madison.com and Wisconsin State Journal on the way. We'll talk Damon Lillard. We'll talk about the Green Bay Packers and more. This is the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. A little chill in the air. Need to kind of move. Well done, Declan. Getting everybody's you know blood boiling and... That song has a little pace to it. We're trying to do the same. Bouchard looks exactly like he did at the start of last season. I don't understand how a player can go from being elite in the playoffs looking like he's not trying. It's People can't help how they look. Evan Bouchard's resting hockey face looks like he is asleep or in a coma. But that doesn't mean he's not a good player. His actions are what you should be watching and paying attention to. People look the way they look.
you know, they just do. And and Bouchard just looks like a guy who simply does not care, but his actions on the ice absolutely show that he does. We are now joined by a man who cares, Jim Polson, columnist for Badger Extra, Madison.com, Wisconsin State Journal. Uh, with all those, like, like hats that you wear, do you have one desk or are you moving around the city all day? I'm actually moving around the state. This has been kind of a crazy week. The Wisconsin football team, is, which I probably would say the most of my uh, columns are about that program or that athletic department. Uh, they're, uh, they're off this week. They don't play Saturday. Um, and yet I was over in Milwaukee Tuesday for Brewers clincher. I'll be up at Lambeau tonight. Uh, I'll be back in Milwaukee next Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I, I managed to write a Bucks column yesterday because they went and traded for Damon Lillard. So it's <laughs> yeah. been uh, for a quote unquote off week. It's been kind of crazy, but um, that's just kind of how it is this fall. And I, you know, I'm certainly if it sounds like I complained, I'm not trying to complain because I get to watch and write about sports for a living. So, and we're going to ask you about the Lillard tree because that is such a big deal. We'll ask you in a second about that. But I wanted to concentrate on the Packers Lions because recent history, you know, says that Lions and Packers are, you know, good teams probably marching towards one of them, the division title. And that has not been the way for a long time because of the Lions. Is that, are, are fans uh, intrigued by this new matchup or is it old enough now that, that it's come see, come saw and beat the Lions? No, that's a great question because, I mean, if you talk about rivalries around here, it's always Packers-Bears is a big, the biggest one. Uh, Packers-Vikings was so spicy for so long, and the Brett Favre going to the Vikings made that even spicier. So that's, you know, that's probably number two in terms of division. Um, the Lions are a little bit of an afterthought just because, you're right, the Packers dominated them for so long. And yet it was the Lions who kept the Packers out of the playoffs last year. So I, I do think that that organization has Packers – fans attention certainly i think that players and coaches and and front office they've had their attention for a while um i think it's an intriguing little rivalry that's that's building i the lions have done a great job of building that franchise into a relevant uh team and i think there's it remains to be seen whether they can make the next step uh but you know we'll begin to find that out a little bit tonight because i think these are like you said these are probably the two teams that are going to contend for the the nfc north title um and i don't know that tonight you know, gives us a true indication of of who's going to do that, but uh, it'll go a long way in kind of determining which team is is the one standing on top of the division at the at, at the end. This is an interesting matchup for a lot of reasons. Green Bay, and on merit, has a reputation of developing quarterbacks very well. The most patient team, I think, in the NFL uh, for a long time, going way back. And and yet, you know, Detroit's doing pretty well with a guy who is you know kind of bounced around a little bit. What are your thoughts on who has the edge at quarterback uh, in this game and for this year in the division? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, Goff has more consistency. He's the guy that's been around. He's the established guy. He's probably the guy you can count on uh, to be to maintain a level of consistency. Um, Love, I think, is going to be a little bit more up and down. I think you know, we're going to see, like, last week's game, I think we're going to see that play out a little bit this season where he was pretty bad for – I would say two and a half quarters um, and pretty decent for a quarter and a half. And that was enough to get the Packers the win. But I just think, you know, for a first year starter, you're going to have a season's worth of growing pains and we're going to see the really good where it's like, Oh, I can understand why Brian Gook has uh, moved up to draft him in, in 2020, even though he had a future hall of famer still on the roster. Um, but I think you're going to have moments where it's like, you know, is this really the guy that they can count on, 
uh, long-term going forward. So I think I've seen enough of, of good from Jordan Love in these first uh, couple weeks that uh, I'm encouraged by where he's at because I think there was a time during, you know, two seasons ago in the off-seasons where it was really kind of a head-scratcher, like, is this guy ever going to play in the NFL? I just don't know that he's ever going to be ready. But he's come a long way, and I think, you know, again, I think the key for him is just just – being steady and moving forward, but um, you know, I think he's got the higher ceiling than Goff, but I think I'd probably take Goff right now just because you no. kind of know what you're going to get from him. On the defensive side of the ball, there is an opportunity here. Decker is banged up, and you've got Rashawn Gary who could take advantage. Do you see him being very active in tonight's game? Yeah, I think Gary's come out with a hunger this season. I mean, he's in a contract year, essentially. He's playing for a big contract. Um, I think He had three sacks last week, and I think you know, that was kind of a sign that, hey, you know, the Packers are going to have to pay this guy at some point, maybe maybe even before the end of the season if, if Rashawn Gary's willing to do that. Um, it's just it's really come, become what how big is that number going to be. Um, and the longer this goes on, the bigger the number might be based on how Rashawn Gary's playing. So I do think he's, you know, he's playing with kind of a, um, you know, a, a spark, a fire under him because he knows how important this year is. And, and the Packers desperately need him. I mean, that's that's one thing that was missing last season and probably got underplayed to some degree is that they lost him up in the game in Detroit, ironically, um, and, and were without him for basically the last half of the season. And just that defense desperately missed a guy that could get to the quarterback and make something happen. And um, now they have him back and knock on wood for the Packers. You know, you hope he stays healthy the rest of the year. I hate asking this question because it's such a can question and obvious, but they're two and one, these teams. How important is winning t- tonight in terms of getting ahead uh, by a game and, and you know looking towards winning the division? How big is this one? I think it's probably bigger for the Packers to hold serve at home. You know, if, if you think about it, if, if it comes down at the end of the year to, uh, you know, tie, and, and if you're the team that gave one up at home and you end up losing that tiebreaker, um, you know, that's pretty big. Uh, so, you know, I, I think it's probably more important for the Packers. You know, the, the thing I think of going to this game is, A, how healthy are the Packers? Who's going to be available tonight? We just won't find that out until, um, you know, status reports come out. Um, and then, B, the Thursday night wackiness. Like, I just I don't know what to expect with teams coming on short rest. And, and Thursday nights are so hard to predict. The NFL is hard to predict in general. Thursday nights are even more so. Um, so I just I don't have a true indication of what's going to happen tonight. And yet – I felt like if the Packers could split one of two in these two home games with the Saints and Lions, that would be a pretty good um, result for a young team that's kind of trying to find itself. Um, but they got one. You know, they kind of stole one from the Saints, and now you're like, uh, can you be greedy and, yeah. and try to beat the divisional rival and, and have a little bit of an edge in the division um, after the first four weeks? So like, I do think it's more important to the Packers. Jim Paulson joins us, columnist for Badger Extra, Madison.com, and Wisconsin State Journal. Let's talk Damian, uh, Damian Lillard. This is a, I mean, I, I was reading the Raptors worrying on it. I know that was, you know, some shopping going on. What's the reaction of fans to this big deal? Yeah, I mean, the Heat were in on it too. And you're talking about a team that, the, that knocked the Bucks out and they have to contend with to get back to the finals. Um, it's big. I, I think, you know, my reaction, and I think I've heard this from some fans, um, Drew Holiday was such a beloved figure around here. I mean, just both for his work on the court, but off the court too. He was just he was a great community member. Um, and fans loved him, and and it's not easy to see him go. He's a guy that that had a huge, huge role in that championship run two years ago. And yet, um, if you got a chance to go out and get a guy like Lillard, Lillard, who's a top 15 player in the NBA, in my opinion, 
Um, yes, you got to you got to do that. I mean, you got two superstars now, and for as good as Holiday was, I don't think I would consider him a superstar. Um, so it's you go and get t- players like that, and I think most of all, it sends a message to Giannis that you're serious about winning championships, and and they are right now in a phase where I think they have to convince him that Milwaukee is the long-term answer for him, um, and and he's going to be making that decision in the next year or so. Um, so I think this goes a long way in sending that message that hey, we're we're here to surround you with the best. Um, so stick around, and and you know we can be good for a while. So does it make them the favorite to come out of the East now? You know, I got to be honest with you. I'm so uh, I'm so in football mode and to some degree in baseball mode that I haven't really wrapped my head around an NBA season just yet. Um, yes, I think so. I think I would have said that had they stuck with this roster, though. Um, I think it was a good roster with Holiday and, and Giannis surrounded by Brooke Lopez and Chris Middleton and Bobby Porras, guys like that. So I think they're a contender. I think this probably pushes them up a little bit more into, you know, favorite role. Um, I still, I think, still think Boston's going to be there. I don't think you can rule out Miami, uh, Philly. You know, I, I, I think they're in that mix. Um, I want to. I'm always interested when moves like this are made, kind of just late in the, in the, um, in, you know, in, in the off season. How does chemistry form? And and that probably takes a little bit. But yeah, I like the idea of of having Lillard be a bucket getter late in games when teams have um, historically done a pretty good job of of limiting what Giannis can do in the half court. I mean, I think that this kind of um, that this answers that that problem to some degree. Well, I'm smiling because you're you're an honest man. You gave an honest answer, and I appreciate that. Thanks, Jim Poles. Appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Okay, there you go. I like that. I'm in football mode. I think so, but I haven't looked at it. I, I think he's right. I think they are. They have to be the favorite. And and more importantly than me thinking that, Declan thinks it. You think they're the, the favorite coming out of the East over, say, Boston? And I'll, I'll pretend the 76ers are a part of it in Miami. 76ers could be just on the strength of Joel and beat alone and a nice supporting cast, but I do think they're the favorite. I think, I like I said, I don't think it's going to be a seamless transition, but I think they'll make it work. Giannis wants to win. Milwaukee wants to put a team around him that can win. They've done that with the Damian Lillard trade. I think just talent-wise, they have to be up there, and I think the fit will come, and because of that, I think they're the favorite. Yeah, I, I think I agree with you. All right, I asked for names or, or words that describe Connor McDavid. I've used transcendent for about a year now, and before that we were using all kinds of other words. And this comes from Gags, otherworldly. I like it. And I can't say Farmer Scott the the you said fantastic and the word in the middle I can't say. So good, but we can't use that one. Astonishing, insatiable, very nice. Okay. Keep them coming. The number is 18334011440. Connor McDavid described in a word, maybe two, hyphenated if you need. We'll use that. We'll take care of that. The uh, the waiver wire is active. And uh, I have to say, I'm very. there's some good players. The Vancouver Canucks have waived Spencer Martin, the guy who's got some NHL time. Pittsburgh Penguins have, have waived Ty Smith. Now, there's obviously cap numbers attached, but interesting name. Rem Pitlick, Xavier Ouellette, Jonathan Gruden, Taylor Fadoon, who played here uh, for some time and was badly injured by Bob Nystrom's son, Eric, years ago in a preseason game, which I yelled and screamed at the screen and 
did various gyrations and may have pulled something. I was so angry. But Fadoon is on waivers today, and uh, Callahan Burke as well from the Colorado Avalanche. This is important. I'm going to talk to you about waivers. Explain like I'm a teacher, like I'm Mrs. Norman. Forget about it. But I'm going to talk about waivers and why it's important because there are players who are going to be waived through to the minor leagues, and the Oilers might have interest in them interest in them if they clear. Because if they do clear, then they can do what they did a year ago when they traded Dmitry Samarukov to St. Louis for Clem Costin. And then Costin became a pretty important player when he got recalled by the Oilers. So if they're looking for a center and Sutter isn't the center they want, maybe there's a trade out there. Maybe there's somebody who gets waived in the next few weeks that the Oilers are interested in. Keep an eye on the waiver wire. It's like the North Star for you right now if you're an Oilers fan. Ken Holland even mentioned it in August. I think it was an interview with Mark Spector, but I, I don't remember exactly. But it was uh, was mentioned by Ken Holland during the summertime. Connor McDavid is pretty solid. Okay. I mean, sure. I don't know why people are panicking about a preseason game. Well, are you <laughs> you are in Edmonton, and these are Oilers fans. Oilers fans, I always have a, like a lot of patience for them because the the decade plus of darkness, I I really think it it frayed the nerves and and caused all kinds of um, problems for fans, just emotional. You know, you can, your team's losing every damn year. I remember taking my son and daughter for trick-or-treating on October 31st one year, and I'm, I was talking to a guy. He had his kids out too. And I'm like, you know, the season's over. And he was not, he was not happy, but, you know, it was. They were not getting back in. It was just... It's kind of tough, right? If you're a, this is a hockey town, and you know what? It's not even a hockey town; it's an Oilers town. And when the Oilers are in it, like they'll be this year, holy hell, it's fun. When they're not, well, it's a different vibe, as you kids say. Are you from the guacamole generation, or are you from the sleigh? generation i think i'm probably from the guacamole generation but i'm allergic to avocados so i don't think i can really claim that one all right yeah i know so you're the group who caused the, uh closet space in hotels to go down because you don't have any clothing is that what we did well i read about it that once happened? in newsweek so it must be true i don't know the more i think about it i know a lot of people who use slay i'm a i'm a slay i use it myself sometimes my daughter I uses that all the time and I, I i just like the word you know it's a pretty apt description for a lot of uh, different areas. So maybe I am from maybe I am from that generation. You know, I used to like lit, and then I was told that's old news. No, that's so yeah, step that's, off that's on 2014. That, that's 2014. Know. Can't use that. I like to keep you know just keep up on the lingo. I like to be a cool cat. You know, I'm, I'm so with it. It's not that hard. Okay, your text's on the way, and don't forget we've got bagged milk at the top of the hour. Uh, this is the lowdown with low tide on Sports 1440. It's the lowdown on Sports 1440. 1241, little dance club music into your noon hour from our friend Declan. Well done. For reference, Low Tide sings that song almost every morning, every second morning, I think. <laughs> I so do. I had to. I do. It was criminal. I hadn't played it yet. Yeah. It's, uh, it doesn't it make you happy though? It's got a great beat. Oh, it's great. It's one of her best. And she's got a lot of good ones, but that one's up there. 
yeah, the, the, I still go back to Lucky Star, which was the first one. For me, it's like a prayer, but you can't go wrong with classic. Well, Madonna. like a prayer is sort of a. It, it's not a ballad so much. No, I know what you're saying though. It's not, it does. It, it takes a while to get <clears throat> going, whereas you know, Holiday or Lucky Star are right there. But once it gets going, it hits you in the chest like a Mack truck. It does. There's a lot going on there. It drives it's, a stake right into your heart. It's orchestral, you know. Uh, good day, gentlemen. I have to mention, Mr. Tide, it's great to hear on the radio again. Thank you. And so soon, it eased the hurt. To note, Declan is a good pickup. Well, I would say he's a great pickup, you know. You guys are selling me too much here. Well, I don't know. Because now the expectations are going to get too high and in a couple of weeks. I, you know, like, you yeah. have not disappointed yet. You were you were cutting, carving me yesterday with your <sighs> verbal. So, you know, I think you're good. I, I you know... Maybe maybe it's just a adrenaline run, but we're this is week four. Yeah, yeah, it's true. You'd think the adrenaline's worn off by now, but I don't know. I mean, no, maybe saying. it's just the month itch or seven week itch. After that, I'll come back to earth a little bit. And you guys will realize, ah, oh, this this kid doesn't really know what he's talking about. In our early meetings, did we not say we were going to stay away from like itch as a word? I think we did. Did we? I don't. Know. I use a lot of buzzwords and I repeat them. So sure. That one, that one's tough to get out of get out of the old lexicon. Itch is a buzzword. Okay, uh, <laughs> Re Connor McDavid. How about resplendent? Cheers at each other. There you go. I think resplendent is more about like what you you look fantastic, right? You know, resplendent. It is <laughs> blue velour or whatever. I don't know. The word I always use with Connor McDavid is generational, but yeah. generational might not even be accurate. No, he might be whatever the next thing past generational is. Once in a ever. That might be him. I think it's vertical. I'm not sure. <laughs> vertical, yeah. Um, he's, well, he might be vertical then. I'd say he's super as in supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Did you want to say that that was if, Billy Joel? or? No, I know that one. I, listen, okay. you can't, come on, you can't hit me with a Mary Poppins line and not think I'm going to know that one. <laughs> Julie Andrews, get out of town. Are you kidding me? And I'll, I'll recite the whole sound of music right now if you want me well, to. Well, can you do the crappy Dick Van Dyke accent? <laughs> no, no, I can't do that. <laughs> no Dick Van Dyke slander. That's a comedic legend. None on the lowdown today. Well, he was on a show with Mary Tyler Moore, where I love, so I can't really make you know too much light of it. But that was a bad accent. And then Meryl Streep came along, and everything was good. Although I think she was it out of Africa that she took a lot of heat for her accent in that one. I never saw it out of Africa, but it, yeah, it could have been. Was that the one with? No, sorry, I'm thinking of something. I'm not even going to say it. I'm thinking of something else. Never mind. Back to Connor. Back That's to Connor. That's okay. I just uh, whenever I whenever we start talking about out of Africa, I think of movies that I I fell asleep in, and then I think of the English Patient, and I just I that was like if I ever I should just rent that movie for when I'm tired because that one will put yeah that movie could put an alarm clock to sleep. For some reason, I always mix like I don't mix them up, but I always group the English Patient, Out of Africa, and Six Days, Seven Nights with Harrison Ford all together. <laughs> They all just kind of seem like the same movie to me, even though they're different. But I don't know. I could never get past it. Well, you know, I mean, there's movies that appeal and there's movies that don't. And, you know, sometimes a, a, a movies that are, have a lot of talking in them can be very, you know, resplendent. But others, maybe not so much. Uh, Declan is a fine young man with an old soul, a good pairing for the old man. Well, there you go. Somebody comparing you to a, a fine wine with a good steak. Um, I thought Nurse's cross-check was pretty foolish. There were a lot of, uh, so was Jan Marks. There were a lot of things that happened last night that the Oilers need to clean up. And I think uh, Woodcroft mentioned that. Magically marvelous, Rhino the Boilermaker. I don't know why I said that funny, but I did.
Boilermaker. Maybe it's because I've had Boilermakers, and that's what I sound like when, I, when I've had them. Goat. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't know if he's going to be the all-time greatest. I do not know that. But I think that, that at the rate he's going, I was looking at this the other day. Okay. All right. Hold on here. I'm going to do this because I got time. And I thought, this will be interesting if I think of it again. He's played 569 games, and he's three, one, two, three, four, five, six. One, two, three, four, five, six. Damn it. One, two, three, four, five, six. Eight years in. So he's not going to play 24 years, but let's just pretend he did. Let's just pretend he did. He'd have 909 goals, and he'd have 17, 2,550 points, I believe. And I think if he gets anything, you know, like that's just ridiculous. But he's 303 through 569, which means he'll be six over 600 um, 16 years into his career. And he'll have he'll still be popping goals and scoring. So, I mean, I will say this. I guarantee Connor McDavid will win a Stanley Cup. Agree. And I think it's in Edmonton, and I think it's next spring. And if it is, what are we going to do? Are we as a show? What should we do? Should we should we go to the space station and do a very special Stanley Cup victory show? Or what, what do you want to do? Yeah, we got to do something. I would do love to do a live broadcast from Connor McDavid's house the morning after the Cup win. Can we I do assume... it in the in the in the uh, kitchen because that kitchen needs something? Yeah, it needs us. You're right. I would love to do it from there because I assume Game Seven is going to be a home game. I think they'd win it in seven. I want to uh, know. I, w- I want an answer to this question. I'm not trying to be be silly or anything, but when you have that much money, why would you? Why would you? have your kitchen look like it was in like made for like a bar and restaurant this guy just wants to play hockey he doesn't care what his kitchen looks like i guarantee he didn't have too much say in the design I, process <laughs> he just wants to get to the rink and score goals and put up points i think he and should wins, have wins a Stanley's. spiral staircase to the oven you know like i'm just yeah. saying good i do like his heated uh, driveway though that's a nice touch the little things well I don't have that, so what, maybe I'm jealous. What I was going to pitch to you is if you had to predict right now, and obviously so much hockey left to be played, so many things can happen, but where do you think he'll finish on the all-time points list? Well, what did I say? What, who's, who's, what's, the, what's the all-time record? All-time points NHL. This, you know what? People love this when we do this. So the record is Gretzky, 28-57. So 850, he won't beat Gretzky, I don't think. But everybody else, he'll he'll finish second. Do you think he'll get to 2,000? I think he will. Yeah. The NHL, yeah, he's 2857. That's a lot. Yager got to 1921. I think he'll pass Yager. Mark Messier. Mark Messier, man. Like, I mean, he, what, a, what an incredible career. More Stanleys than Gretz. Well, more Stanleys for sure than Gratzky. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, that's Just one of saying. the reasons why he's such a legend. You got a little attitude there, boy? No, 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 you know, no. You're no, ripping never. on the Greg Gretzky? No, 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 no. I just, you play to win championships. But. The year before the NHL draft in 79, when he was drafted by the Otis, he scored one goal in the WHA. And then this is his NHL career 12 in 79 80, 23 in 80 81, 50. In 81-82, and then 48-37, and on it went. Had some injuries, had some suspensions. He had he, another 47-goal year in 96 with the Rangers. Yeah. which at, at, I think he, he what, 34 then? 34-35? Something Incredible. like that, yeah. yeah. yeah he, was, he was getting up there. I can look that up if you have it right in front of me. 
Um, always, always helpful. Um, 47 at 35 years old, 99 points. And at 33, he led them to Stanley. He's a great player. He played here locally. Um, he played for the Spruce Grove Mets of the AJHL. St. Albert Saints, two years, 77, 78, and 78, 79. And then he went to the Houston Apollos. He, I remember that. That was 79, 80. He was an Oilers rookie. And he, the, the, this, I, I'm going to, yeah, I have time. Okay, this is what happened. Messier is, at that time, he's 19 years old. And he's in the National Hockey League. And he's playing in basically his hometown. And he is like an, an absolute star because he's, even though he's only scoring 12 goals that year, he's, you can just, they called him raw boned, which people don't use anymore, probably for good reason. And, but he was just, he, you knew he was not the sum of his parts yet, but he was, he was noticeable in a very good way. He was physical. He had no fear. He'd run over people. Anderson was as bad. Uh, and, and it was just, he was fearsome right off the hop. And and so he's in the NHL and he's having fun and Glenn Sather's worried about him. You can read it in Messier's book. He's worried because he's like a you know there's 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 action and that's where Messier goes to have a good time. So he was sort of like a hockey player as a member of the Rolling Stones. And so what happened was, and I don't remember what time of year it was. McCurdy will know. He he missed the flight for a road trip and he said. Oh, I thought we were, I thought we were flying out of the Muni. I think that was the story. And Sather sent him down to Houston. So he's sending him down to the minor leagues, right? Except that Houston is a massive party city. This was like the height of disco and clubs and all of that. So they sent Messier down for four games, and he's even having a better time down there. So when they called him back, they called him back for his own safety. Mark Messier. I mean, he was he was. He was coachable, but he was he he tested everything, and ended up being. I mean, he's my all time favorite Oilers player, and it's not close. He was he was fierce, fearsome is a good word for him. I'm glad I thought of it. Thank you, fine sir, banger. They're liking your music. Will he make 100 points by the end of this? 1,000 points by the end of this season? Don't think so. Celestial, very good. That's from Michael. That's a really good word. Wait, you don't you don't think Connor can reach a thousand by the end of the season? How many does he need? He needs one fifty. He's at eight fifty even right now. Uh, I haven't met one forty four. I think. Yeah, he could make it. it, it it'd be tough, but did yeah, you? Well, did their you, power play uh, was what like thirty two percent last season. Uh, did was you, that what it was? That's tough to maintain. Yeah. Did you? Did you not read my reasonable expectations post in the Athletic? I might have missed it. I might have not gotten around to it yet. I had I have him at uh, 54 goals and 146 points, which would leave him four shy. I'm tweeting that out because, because you know, I, I think, put a lot of work into that. I think you might be onto something. I mean, it's tough to get another 150. Wouldn't it be 150? 150. The way the kids yeah. go? That's how, that is how the kids say it, but we're professionals. we got to say 150, <laughs> you know? Are we? <laughs> well, not me, you. I Did guess. you see the resume on the guy we interviewed this this hour? Like, I mean, he's got lots going on. Orlers Dub is talking about the Oilers' lack of physicality last night. He said no one wanted to fight Dakota Joshua and his antics or whatever his name was. You know, here's what I will say to that. I understand what you're saying. 
but but I, I'm let's say you're Daryl Cates and you're sitting in your you know cave, you're Batman, and you're sitting there and you're watching your team and you're watching Evander Kane fight a guy in preseason and break his hand. Like I would be so outraged, and I call him Batman, but out of respect, Daryl Cates has done great fine work and he's the owner of the orders and he kept them here. But having said that, the 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 team can't overreact and Darnell Nurse can't break his hand. They're trying to win the Stanley Cup. And so some guys trying to make a reputation and stay in the National Hockey League, fine. And I think it was McDavid who went over and smeared him against the wall. So that that we have to keep in mind. This There's no guy on this Edmonton Oilers team that's not a veteran. McDavid, I, he's a bully. I've been saying this for months, for years now. People are like, well, you got protect, to protect Connor McDavid. I'm like, are you sure? Because I see him hack and whack and cross-check and push a guy down and take the puck. He's a bully. And I mean that in the nicest possible way. He is just a ramrod in there. I'm a big fan of Connor McDavid. If if you get a chance this year to, to and I know people are mad about Otis Plus, but if you get a chance to go to a game, I don't care who's playing. Arizona, you know, Carolina, whatever your least favorite team is, go. Because this guy, I used to say about Gretzky, well, we'll never see him again. Or Messier, never see him again. Damned if he didn't show up. And he's got Leon with him. Man, Edmonton Oilers fans are spoiled rotten, the ones that are my age. I'm I'm just telling you your own truth, not trying to be a jerk. If you're my age, 61, you've seen Wayne Gretzky, Mark Messier, Paul Coffey, Grant Fuhr, Glenn Anderson, Yari Curry, Asa Tikkanen, bunch of guys, Charlie Huddy that I didn't mention from the team that won, and then it's Dougie Waite, it's Jason Arnott, it's Billy Guerin, it's Ryan Smith, it's Chris Pronger, and then it's Connor McDavid, and it's Leon Dreisaitl, and it's Darnell Nurse, and it's Zach Hyman. I mean, think about Calgary. They have one Stanley Cup, and they've got a Ginla, great player, but this is a parade of all-time greats that have come through Edmonton. It is It is mind-boggling how much great talent, often from Ontario, the least popular province in Alberta, often from Ontario, Ontario's moms and dads send their best kids to us and we watch them play. That's what's happened since 1979. All right, bag milk on the way. What was that? Was that you coughing? Yeah, it was just a cough. Sorry. Did you? But that was with, you didn't have a mic on. No, that was my cough. That just, was a real cough. Yeah. I had to clear the throat. Lowdown is driven by Wolf GMC Buick. New name, but same great team. Find them on the corner of 184th Street and Stony Plain Road. Bag milk on the way on the lowdown on Sports 1440. It's time for an update. This is a Sports 1440 update. Sports 1440 update. News out of the hockey world is Tampa's goalie Andre Vasilevsky has underwent successful back surgery and he's expected to make a complete recovery in 8 to 10 weeks. That comes from Kevin Weeks just a few minutes ago. Football news out of America is the XFL and US, USFL plan to merge and begin play next year. In a joint statement, the XFL and USFL said that the merger will be subject to customary regulatory approvals. NFL news, Miami Dolphins wide receiver Jalen Waddle has cleared concussion protocol. The team announced earlier today Waddle will be available for Miami's week four matchup against the Bills after missing the Dolphins 70-20 
Week 3 victory over the Denver Broncos. AJHL showcase action from Calgary. Four games going on today, including Whitecourt and Drumheller right now. That one's 2-0 for Whitecourt with a little over half a period left in the third. MLB action. Athletics and Twins tied at 1-1 currently in the top of the seventh, and it's the White Sox over the Diamondbacks right now, 2-1 in the bottom of the third. Thursday night football in the NFL tonight. It's the Packers and Lions at 6:15, and you can join Brandon Douglas at the Lewis Estates Canadian Brewhouse for that one. I'm Declan Kruger, and this is your Sports 1440 Update.